0: podcast uh helmed or, or held down by myself, Javon J. Love Adams, and then also the one and only Ed Easy Smith. He is a vet not only of, he played not only professional baseball, uh third base, right? Yes, sir. Well, they call that the hot corner, right?
1: Yeah, I had all kind of gloves, though. I, I used to uh moonlight at first base every now and then. And toward the end of my career, I played a little left and right field, too.
0: So you might have been a little limber then. If you was on first base, you got to be able to do some splits or be able to just, you know, because cause if they fill the ball to you at first base for like a bang, bang play, you got to be a little limber.
1: Was out there splitting. I was out there scooping though. <laughs> no, yeah, I was out there picking it, picking grinning, picking and grinning.
0: That's what's up. So, and then he also is a vet of the NFL. He played for a few teams in the in the National Football League, uh, most notably for the Atlanta Falcons when he went to the Super Bowl, and then. He also played in the XFL and then in NFL Europe as well. So again, we are uh, here in the, the backyard of the Arizona Cardinals here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. And we kind of recap, uh, talk about the, the, the big topics as a result of, of the previous week's game. And then we usually uh, look ahead. Unfortunately, we won't be looking ahead this week. Well, we'll be looking ahead and, and and we'll get into that in a little bit, but It's this is going to be one of those shows. It's going to be unfortunately a a retrospective in a lot of ways, looking about, looking at um, maybe opportunities lost. I'm I'm a dude that got my my degree in business, so uh, opportunity cost is one of those things you often talk about in uh, economics and in the business world, the opportunity cost. But so there's definitely opportunities that were lost when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, but. Here's one thing that the Cardinals will not be unfortunately participating in this week. Maybe. Maybe next year around this time we'll be talking about it, but the NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. Maybe the Cardinals, again, will be participants next year. So with all the sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat in the NBA championship or someone to maybe upset Patrick Mahomes and the KC Chiefs, then you need to go to betonline.ag. I was actually looking and some of the the prop bets for this week's uh, for this week's games. And one of those is, will the will the team score over forty and a half points? And I don't, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Not this week. I might go with the under on that one. But but you should go and check that out at betonline.ag. But from uh, game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, betonline gives you more options to wager than. Any place online, and there's always the online casino as well because it never closes. So, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. So, believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So, I'll peek behind the curtain, kind of my show notes of what I want to talk about today. Easy is Kind of a is if we had kind of putting certain uh, aspects of the team on a one to ten scale and, and get your thoughts about them, I also want to kind of talk about what you know what's something to build on for for this team and then also maybe what are some of the biggest areas of concern um you know was this season a failure or success, and we'll get to that and the reason that we're talking about uh the the season kind of in a in a past tense is because the, the game that they could not lose, the game that they were not supposed to lose. You had a quarterback. It was his first game in taking a, a live snap in an NFL game. And the Cardinals did the unthinkable. It Kyler Murray got injured, tried to come back. Strevler I don't understand why they're, Hunley has to have been better than Strevler. I mean, right? Dot dot dot. I don't I don't understand it. But the Cardinals fell to the Los Angeles Rams again. It's not something that should be unusual for Cardinals fans. The uh, final score was what eighteen to seven. Goodness gracious, are you serious? You. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, man. I mean, but um, and so the Cardinals finish at eight and eight after having at when they were at their bye, they were five and two. And so they finished eight 8-8. Eight. But before we get into the season and kind of a retrospective again, Ed, when you watch this game, what did you see? What did you see or what did you not see?
1: Well, I saw a Rams team with a backup quarterback who had never played a snap in the NFL regular season, Play with confidence, Play with some poise. And this is after his first pass of the game by intercept. And, they, I mean, you're talking about – Tele- telegraph and he threw one right to one of our dudes. Right. Right. And then I'm thinking, okay, could be something. They went back to the sideline, me and the Rams got their poise and everything together. Got there. I saw them over there patting their young quarterback on the back. You're going to be all right. We're going to think we got this. We got this. Right. And we go out there and six or 59 minutes and 30 seconds later, <laughs> it was like, are you kidding me? Right. that type of effort that type of game plan and then you like you said backup plan i don't you know you don't never anticipate a quarterback going down but with murray going down that obviously hampered us but you could tell from the first snap of that game even after that interception jay something just wasn't right it just wasn't quite quite doing what jay wasn't quite curling oh, i And I have no idea how you end up giving up 18 points. You put seven on the board and in in a win or go home game. Right. That to me was one of the worst efforts I've ever seen in that scenario. And, you know, like I said, you take the injury out of it. I still, still say we were, it was our backup quarterback against their backup quarterback. And you just, there was no excuse for that. I put that all on coaching. I put that on okay. lack of leadership on the field, lack of inspiration. It's almost like these dudes didn't want to play the extra week and they figured hey, let's get the off-season started early. It was it was a abysmal. It really was.
0: And it, that and when you say that, it the, the thing that is so disappointing is that everything was in front of them everything was in front of them all you is when you're in that's all you can ask for if you're a player yeah it would be great if we win and or if we lose too there's all kinds of different permutations and things like that but but when it comes down to you being able to control whether or not you get in and and the thing that gets me is that the 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 backup you Streveler, you hear about it, you heard about him, in, especially during the in the in the preseason or you know in the off season, you heard about this. one. I always wondered why he was named the backup over Hunley. And I, I mean, I guess maybe they saw something in practice that, that, that we didn't because if I'm not mistaken, I believe there was a couple times last season where Hunley, I think it was what the last game of the season um, or the second to last where Hunley came in and actually performed quite well in backup duty. And those are the kind of things that you need somebody that's kind of almost been there, done that in a lot of ways that has that, you mentioned earlier that poise and that confidence.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what the rationale behind the quarterback depth chart. Um, I would have liked to have seen, you know, and, and especially when you're coming down a stretch and these games mean so much. And like I said, you can never count on or, you know, you never want to expect or anticipate your starting quarterback going down. But I am not sure what they saw in practice where Hunley was relegated to the three spot. But we just, like I said, in my, in my opinion, you want, best available man with especially with experience Up, we've seen what Huddling could do he backed up uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and I'm not going to say he lit it up or anything like that but when you're coming down the stretch you want experience more than you want uh, you know I guess that unknown maybe, maybe you think you're going to catch lightning in a bottle I don't know what it was but just a, a sad uh, effort on all parts and the other thing I'll throw out at you Jay you got to remember they didn't have one crack at sealing this deal. We forget because we've been off for a couple weeks from our regular radio show. Yeah. We talked about it last week that game when you, you left it, you just pissed in the wind all down the front of your pants against San Fran last week. And then you look at the fact that the bears ended up losing you. I mean, you had every reason in the world to win the game against San Fran. You're not in this position game set match, or like you said, like we said, you go out there and he's put up an effort against the Rams um and win that game against a quarterback who's never thrown a pass in the NFL you know that to me is just it th- that's to be one of the biggest disappointments as far as anticipation. think about this day we took a beating early in the year yes. from everybody about how this team was this this team was that, and we just kept saying, look let's slow the the cart. Let's figure this out. But, you know, they jumped out to that five and two and then six and three at one point. Everybody's just clowning us because, you know, Hmm. we're not on the the track, on the train, you know. And I think both of us stuck to our guns about what we saw and just the feel. You know, a lot of people, they look at the record. And we just, there was something that was just, you know, you look at other teams and organizations, you can tell it's more of a finished product. Look at the Cardinals, it was more like, that, br- that bread needs to go back in the oven a little more. You know, it's still doughy. And But like I said, we we took a beating. And I'm not – I don't want to beat our chest like, oh, yeah, we told you. So all I'm saying is, at the end, it was more of what we thought it was going to be. And for a lot of people out there, they were so geeked and this and that and that thing, there's a little bit of crash back to earth. And this, these are the ones that sting because they set you up. They set you up for, for disappointment and not just because – they came up against a better teams because they lack they lacked any type of will or want to to go out there and make finish this off, and that's to me is the most disappointing part. Not the physical portion of it, the effort, and that goes from coaches and players.
0: Now, so let's let's kind of transition to some of the things that I mentioned that I wanted to talk about, and we we may end up using this game as almost an example of what we talk about here. But one of the things that we know is that well, Larry Fitzgerald didn't play; uh, he was he was injured, and so it would have been great to have him out there. I don't know if they would have incorporated him into the game plan, really, even if they even if he had been there, would have been one of those. Let's get him his reception and then move on. Which is, I think, what I want to ask is a couple of questions based upon kind of your not grade, but your, your feel on, on some different players on the team. So one to 10, 10 being uh, I'm all the way on board. One being I have no confidence. What is your confidence uh, with Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach?
1: Earlier in the season, Jay, I was, I was high on, I'm never, you know, nowhere near a 10, but I was thinking somewhere in the 7.5 range, you know, that type of thing. Okay, The way we finished this season, I'm actually going to drop that to around a four, bro. Oh, okay. And I, I still haven't seen a few things from him. Still haven't seen him as the CEO where he is managing all fronts of the team. You can tell sometimes he's more interested in the offensive side of things and then let those guys do what they do. Right. But he still hasn't figured out how to bring the entire team and organization together, meaning a band of 53 players and he's managing every single one of them, you know, you got to get him to that point where he's the captain of this ship. The other thing pregame, meaning coming in with game plan and a strategy. And then also the adjustments that we constantly talk about, not from half to half or game to game, but sometimes series to series you know, still not seeing those adjustments where this has worked or is not working, let's tweak this, let's get everybody together, figure this out. He said, I, you know how sometimes you watch a game, and I hate to always bring them up, Patriots. Something's going wrong, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. You look and you scour to the sideline, and you're like, well, where, where's Belichick? He's in a huddle with whatever, it was a special teams, offense, defense, and directing those guys. And that might not even, you're like, well, should not be watching the field? He's got people watching the field. He's talking to the unit he needs to address. And I need to see more of that from Cliff. And then, like I said, the adjustments, making the adjustments and putting players, I would say, in the best position to utilize their talent, um, like I said, be more creative with the game plan. I just didn't see a whole lot of that, lot of that from him. I think it was masked early in the year. Like I said, we got a couple surprising wins, but you could tell sometimes he was just overmatched on the sideline. And, you know, prime example, when he did go over to uh, New England, it was like the puppet master and the puppet, you know, that type hmm. of thing. So right, right. we got to get to a point where he is better on all fronts.
0: What about Cliff Kingsbury as, as an offensive coordinator?
1: Once again, man, you need to see a whole lot of improvement. I mean, I would
0: you I would want to see a lot more creativity, and I'm not trying to say you have to go, you know, you know, uh, no potty in the backfield or just all these crazy things. But I would want to see more than just these these wide these screen passes. I, I don't want to these wide receiver screens and these these the, this horizontal game as opposed to being vertical
1: more formations, more motions, more creativity, especially in those crucial situations. How many times you, you watch Kyle Murray kind of just like a joy, somebody has got a joystick running around out there and he's doing all this creative stuff. And then you get to a fourth and one or something like that. And it's like, he's almost like, Oh, let's go read option. And it's like, you run <laughs> or just, you know, and then you just run the ball right into the, you know, the uh, back of their offensive lineman and we're stuffed and stuff like that you know, it's got to be, like I said, it's got to be more creative, creativity, and especially we have to get away, like you said, from these horizontal passing, the horizontal passing attack, man, if you're ever going to use this arm that Murray has, and DeAndre Hopkins, the talent that he has, and then some of the other young wide receivers we brought along this season, you got to start pushing the ball up the field. That's one thing we've definitely lacked, and the crazy part is we didn't just notice that. Meaning me and you. Every time I did a podcast or something with somebody else who we were facing, coming up, that was one of the things they always noted as well was our lack of pushing the ball up the field. So we definitely have to get better than that. And the other thing, Jay, yeah. we have to get def- a d- defined running game. Yes, somehow, yes. some way.
0: Yes,
1: get out of shotgun. Get more downhill runs. Use the talent of a Drake. Use the talent of play action those type of things. These are things, man, we have an off season ahead of us. These are the things that he should be taking note on, uh, you know, from hearing it from, if he listens to the radio, if you're listening, Cliff, well, we've been talking to you all year, man. It's time to get into some formations where you can run some stuff under center, uh, get a little more, like I said, defined in our running game. And that will definitely help everything else out.
0: What about Kyler Murray?
1: I think he regressed, man. Yeah. You no know, and some of it might be injury toward the end of the season, but something wasn't right. Where once he lost the ability or the, I guess the the want to to run around as much as he did earlier in the season, mm-hmm. and that dynamic portion of his attack was taken away, turns into a very mediocre passer in the uh, pocket. And then the other thing that we always talk about, man, sometimes that height affects him, man. When he's back there looking, you could tell. He wasn't seeing things clearly, especially down the middle of the field. And that's maybe why they go so much side to side. But there were a few passes where he unleashed. And, you know, whether it be right over the middle of the field, linebackers right in the throwing zone or balls batted down. Then the other thing, man, you talk about this a lot. We got to get away from this chuck and duck. I mean, he gets away with that every Mm -hmm. now and then. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, who was he even looking to throw that ball to? I mean, he'll, it's successful sometime. But there's too many times when he sees the rush coming, and he's look. By the time he's letting go of the ball, he's looking down at the ground, already doing his spin to avoid contact. So that's something we're gonna have to eventually address as well. But he, yeah, I thought he regressed. If you, if I give him a grade, I'm not gonna be too harsh on him. But I'd be, I'd be somewhere in the six, uh, which would you know give him a passing grade. But remember this day at one point they were talking about MVP votes for him, right? Yes, sir. How fast did that all go away?
0: Yeah, uh, I want to ask about it seemed like the from a defensive standpoint that there were times where we de- definitely questioned the defense or but I think overall the defense kind of uh made some strides uh that we didn't have to worry about as many of those side ends this this season as opposed to last yeah. season but I wanted to get your thoughts on the cornerback position um how your thoughts on that and of course that includes Patrick Peterson and, and in a lot of ways how he has regressed uh from from what you know that that one being the best cornerback in the league to to now being far from it
1: yeah and i you know here's the thing i and i don't when you start to get old bro right it is just what it is it's not like you're regressing mm-hmm. you just follow the time is just tapping you on that shoulder and saying, hey bro come over here and sit down with me we need to have a talk
0: <laughs> i got you, know? you. Understood, and,
1: understood and you know you can tell teams no longer fear him um, when they go after him, he doesn't even, in my opinion, have the confidence that he used to have. How many times in a an entire season, like in prior, when he was still at his best, mm-hmm. did you see him out there doing all that, grabbing, uh, you know, getting beat, couldn't catch up, and then, you know, always with the arms out like, what I do? I was like, bro, we just saw what you did. About, you basically mugged him, you know, halfway down the field because he's starting to... Like I said, not have that confidence that one, he can cover, especially, you know, some of these young wide receivers, man, they can still giddy up and go. Right. And the, the crazy part is, he's getting older, the dudes he's facing across them are younger and younger.
0: <laughs> yes, you know? yes.
1: Yes. And that's, just, you know, and no shame in the game. And he's done it for a long time at a very high level. It is just time that I think they need to start considering what do we do with Patrick? Do we, you know, maybe talk to him about moving to a safety position? Uh, is he now not our lockdown guy? We go find another one, and maybe he's our number two. But that title of being lockdown, Patrick Peterson, I think that's probably in the rearview mirror now. The problem is we have to convince him of that, right? And that's not going to be an easy task. So, sure you can. know, it, it is what it is at this point. Got nothing but love for him, but he's definitely lost a step.
0: Now, one of the the position group that that was high on your list in terms of uh, to address in the off season or as the draft was draft and, and uh, free agency uh, was, was upon us, was the offensive line, your thoughts on the offensive line. Is it that they're just not being utilized properly or is it some issue with the offensive line? Because separately individually, they, they're not, they're not bad offensive linemen. And so you wouldn't, you don't look at it and say, well, of course they, Of course, we weren't able to run the ball because look at who we had on the offensive line, but there were some decent offensive linemen on the line.
1: Yeah, here's the thing, Jay, and, you know, break it down to you like this, man. We were talking about this, I think, maybe last week. You know, there's a difference between filet mignon and flank steak, right? (laughs) Yes, there is. Back in the day, we used to go out, and I can do it, bro. You give me some of them variety packs of steaks. I can still. You give me some soy sauce and some seasoning and stuff like that. I can still make it taste pretty good. But in the long run, it's not going to be as tender and juicy as a filet mignon or a ribeye. Cause. And that's just what we have. We have a lot of okay linemen. Okay. We yeah. don't have an anchor. Yeah. We don't have, uh, you know, this dude. You talk about some of the best offensive lines out there. You can always point out. and You're like, well, they got one or two potential Pro Bowl guys on there. We have a a good decent group of guys that are doing the best they can with what they have ability wise and i fault that on the decision some of the decisions that the front offices made you know last year and god bless them uh, we would not classify what isaiah simmons did out there on the field this year as a huge success right you know decent piece hopefully someday he Evolves into what they envision him to be. A couple be, of
0: flashes here or there, but couple right.
1: flashes. But how nice would it have been if you went out and spent that mid, uh, you know, team pick and got you one of those anchors at the offensive line, right. where you could say this dude's going to be here, you know, barring you know, con- We're going to try to. This is our dude for the next ten, twelve years. He's yeah. going to anchor it, and then we start finding the pieces to put around him. how How nice would that have been? going into the off season rather than well our offensive line they did a decent job this year um, and now we're on the hunt and the search for improving that continuously and here's the thing in the nfl Jay, you're not going i mean you find them every now and then but if you're constantly picking offensive linemen up in the third fourth fifth sixth round and yeah. you're thinking those dudes are going to be the dude hmm. man it's man that may like i said that's that's a that's the variety pack, bro. And you know, yeah. I'd rather. Here's the thing, I'd rather go out and spin. And you've done it. That, remember the tomahawk steak you
0: brought? Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: I must say that thing cost you, right?
0: Man, yeah, way too yes. much. But it was good.
1: But you could go to <laughs> Albertsons right now and get you one of those variety packs, right, for like seven ninety nine. You know, but it's not like I said. We're gonna have to commit, if you want that offensive line to be something, Mm -hmm. you have to commit to it and, you know, I say quit going in there and searching through the the bin in the middle of the aisle and actually go to the butcher and say, give me that cut right there.
0: Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So, what is something that the Cardinals can build on as a team? Is there a specific, is there, is there a position? Is there a position group? Is there, is, what, what would you say? Hey, all right, this is something to be able to look at and say, all right, cool. You can build upon this next season.
1: Well, you know, Jay, I think what you're going to have to do is in normal situations, you look at something that was consistent all the way through the year. Yeah. And you're like our running game was this, or our quarterback was this, or our run down the line of things. Or right. Right we had sporadic, wow, that looked really good this week. And then we had weeks where we were like, what the hell was that? And then we had two weeks or three weeks later, you know, we look really good doing this. What's going to happen, they're going to have to go back and piece it all together. you to have to break down all 16 weeks and say, well, you know, we did this a little good, we did this a little good. And that's how you build because, you know, we didn't do anything, well, in my opinion, even at the beginning of the year, we thought, you know, first game of the season against San Fran, even special teams was like, wow, you know, they actually chipped in. I ain't heard a thing from the special teams in seven, eight, nine weeks. We didn't even talk about it. There was nothing going on that side of the ball. And a couple instances where defense played well, a couple instances where our offense, you know, did well. But as a whole, for me, eight and eight, here's, here's the problem with eight and eight, the way they did it. If you start off two and six or three and five, Right and finished eight and eight, man. We were building. Yeah. We were, you know, think about last year. We finished up five and seven. Was no, uh, five and eleven five, last 11, year. Yeah, but we were talking about how well they finished the year because they started to compete. They started to be in more games more. We just had to figure out how to win. Right. Right. We 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 started. We finished up eight and eight, three games better, and it seems like a total disappointment yeah. because of how they started compared to how they finished. So yeah. as far as what to build on, they're going to have to piece it together and like pick little spots, almost like putting together a highlight film where, uh, you know, remember we you just trying to impress Nika putting that, that, that mixtape together. Right. <laughs> 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 they're going to have sure. to put the mixtape together to try to make, you know, because everybody wants to walk out the door at the end of the season. I've been there on all sides. I've been there when we did make the playoffs. When we did make the playoffs, when we got pounded, and obviously I went all the way to a Super Bowl, and it's tough. You want to go into the off season thinking positive, and in order to do that, sometimes you gotta, like, you gotta put it all together. In this situation, when we went to the Super Bowl, it was a huge disappointment. But we looked back and was like, man, we went fourteen and two. You know, uh, ran through a couple teams, got to the Super Bowl as disappointed as we were. It was like, man, that was great. You know, right, right. I've been on other squads where we finished eight and eight backdoored into a playoff, went to play the Washington football team when I was in Detroit, walked away with a 45-10 to beatdown. And that's one of those ones where, it's, you know, you get back, you have your meetings, and you go on your way. This is going to be tricky for the Cardinals because it felt like such a success early. You did, in my opinion, you, you would agree with this, they almost record-wise, they almost overachieved.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Eight and eight, we were okay. talking seven, you yeah. know. Start the
0: ra- you start a race, uh, you're know, runner. So if I started, I'm I'm running a great time. I'm trying to get a twelve twelve mile pace, and all of a sudden I'm I'm at nine and I'm feeling good, and all of a sudden I finish at at thirteen. Mean, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's it is what it is, and that's the crazy thing. But I want to ask this. Here's something because I, I want to give my. So I think I just want I want to get your the my areas my area of concern. And I'm, gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw this out to you, and it would be coaching, head coach, because I want to ask you this. And so this will this will let me know if 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 you if you think I'm crazy, same group of players, everything that happened during the year in terms of injury with Chandler Jones being out, that type of stuff, same players. Do you think, I mean, they, I'll just throw just off the cuff a couple of couple of coaches. I'm not gonna say. I, I'll I'll start with the with the light with the elephant in the room. Do you think if Belichick had this team, they would have finished better than eight and eight?
1: Oh, absolutely! Do yeah. you think
0: you think if if Andy Reid had this team, he would have finished? Oh, better than god, Nathan. yeah. Do you think if McVay had this team? Yes. What about? Do you think if uh, what's my what's my man, Coach uh, Seattle, um, um, Pete Carroll? Do you think Pete he would have finished better than absolutely. Nate? Absolutely. What about what about my brother, man, over there in Pittsburgh, Tomlin? Yes coaching is 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 the area of greatest because i heard I, I i heard some people uh saw some people on social media calling for cliff to be uh ousted i heard uh some some uh the the talking heads here on the radio locally that were saying nah i mean they were saying nah you keep him for another year but it wasn't one of those no you keep him for another year it was a little bit more if they let him go i can understand but I mean, you might as well keep it for another year. It was one of those things. So there's not. I think the the support or the confidence is waning locally and among fans uh, and and media for whatever our our opinion is worth when it comes to, when it comes to clips. So that's kind of my area of biggest concern because there has to be strides made if it's going to then flow down. in good trickle down economics, not the Reagan trickle down economics. Good <laughs> trickle down uh, where it comes to the locker room.
1: My, you know, here's the thing, Jay, and I, it's been. The fact that the NFL was able to get 256 games in, do the 1-9, yeah. Yeah. unbelievable. We all, we've we've gotten to the finish line now, right? Mm-hmm. We forget what 2020 really was. You're talking about a second-year coach and second-year quarterback. True, true. Zero off-season workouts, no OTAs, no mini camps. You get right. to training camp, and you have an abbreviated training camp and no preseason games. So I want everybody to remember, he did not have a full opportunity to even learn the job himself and then put the team together and get the philosophy. And, you know, here's the thing. You learn the culture of the organization, meaning as a player, by walking in that door every single day throughout the offseason. Mm-hmm. And that's why they reward players for coming to the off season workouts. That, bruh, I didn't go to off season workouts because I wanted to. I went yeah. because, one, I had to because it was, you know, my level of, you know, I need to be in front of them every day so they can see my face. Right. But it was also the continuity. You know, they wanted, you know, they gave incentives. You made 90% of the off-season workouts, didn't miss any mini minicamps, uh, OTAs and all that kind of stuff. You didn't have to do the conditioning test. In uh, training camp, there was rewards for making it there, but that was not just to see everybody and how many weights you could lift and how many sprints you could do during the summer and stuff like that. That was because every day you walked in there and you couldn't have a whole lot of coaches interaction because they have the rules and stuff like that Mm -hmm. when you're walking through that door. You're having a quick conversation with your uh, your position coach. You're he's reminding you of the things you should be doing during the offseason, making sure you're paying attention, doing what you need to do to get your body right for the season. You know, the, the young rookies they get drafted. They're getting their um, you know uh, indoctrination into what it means to be a professional athlete, football player in the NFL at that level. You right. know, this is no easy thing to do. You know, right, right. all off season they lost it. And that's why I continue to say I was disappointed in the lack of growth from him, but I also understand at the same time, why it was very, it it wasn't the normal year. And I would give him a grace of, look, let's see what happened. If we get back to some type of normal, you know, maybe he'll have some opportunities to get this, you know, the team more together and figure out even his philosophies and different things. But 2020 was a very unique year. Anybody who's jumping on board talking about he needs to be gone and stuff like that, you don't understand what it takes to be an NFL coach, uh, head coach, you know, position coach, whatever it is, a lot of growth goes into that. He was minus a lot of time. Let's just give him a break and see how he improves in 2021.
0: Good point. I like that. All right, talking people off the ledge. So this (laughs) has been, believe, in the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll be our our, – our delivery of our show will be a little bit more uh, inconsistent. We'll give you some, we'll jump on from here and there, uh, but we appreciate y'all for listening and please uh, share, believe in the Arizona Cardinals, what we do here. Uh, we try to bring you our version, our opinions, and and uh, we're not trying to just come out here with hot takes. we, we, We want we want to really believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We do, we do. So, so for uh, on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J Love Adams, and uh, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all in a couple
1: weeks. We'll We'll see you soon. Yeah, Yeah. I just want to say, Jay, we got through another season like no other. This uh, this one, obviously dealing with COVID and everything like that. But man, I enjoy doing this with you, and I hope uh, everybody with the Believe um, platform uh you know likes what we're doing but you know you're a great partner man and we got another one in you're and sure. we'll still be doing our thing every saturday on easy sports talk i will miss this we might have to jump on a zoom every now and then just like so see your ugly mug on the week <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun man and a great season and uh too bad we don't have more cardinals to talk about because they kind of jumped the ship on us a little early but like i said i loved it man
0: yeah, so hopefully uh, I, I'm thinking positive thoughts for for this time next season. So on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I'm Javon J. Love Adams. We'll see y'all next time. Like we always say, are you can." I'm
1: going to say it too, are you can?
0: <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.